This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 558. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 558. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Shameless Moms. Happy Monday. This is the next episode in our summer series. Our summer series is all about lead like a mother. So every week this summer, I am delivering bite-sized curriculum to help you get out of your own way, retrain your brain, and lean into leadership in all the areas where you are already a leader in your life, because yes, you are already a leader, and also perhaps in some new areas where you've been feeling a pull toward leadership. So the first four, three weeks of this month, we have been talking about how to get out of your own way. So our theme for the month of June is get out of your own way. The first week of June, we talked about ways you might be getting in your own way. The second week, we talked about why you might be getting in your own way. Last week, we took, dug into how procrastination and perfectionism keep you in your own way. And I'm smiling really big when I say that because it's such a an episode that relates heavily to me <laughs> and the way I get in my own way. And this week, we're going to talk about five steps to get out of your own way. So we're coming full circle now back to where we started. How do you actually get out of your own way now that we know the ways you get in your own way, how you get in your own way, why you hold yourself back in different areas. This week, I'm going to give you the steps to really start to move out of your own way. So I'm very excited. This will be our last week of this theme for June, get out of your own way. And then next week, we'll start with our theme for July summer series, still around the curriculum for lead like a mother. But in July, we're going to be focusing on how to retrain your brain. And I love 
all the things we're going to talk about. The things we're going to talk about around retraining your brain are going to open your eyes and totally change how you see things, how you think about things, how you do things. And you're going to feel like you have so much power at the end of July. So hold on tight. That's all coming. So let's go ahead and dive into the five steps that you can use to get out of your own way. And if you haven't listened to the previous three episodes this month, no worries. Do go back and listen to them when you can, because they will help you tie all this content together. But we can get dive into this today and you will get plenty out of this if you have not listened to the three episodes leading up to today's um, episode as we round out June's theme of getting out of your own way. So as we talked last week about perfectionism and procrastination, and we talked the week before about why you might be getting in your own way, now that you have some ideas around, okay, I can see how I do this, and I can see what this looks like in my life, and I can see how, shoot, I get in my own way all the time. Now, what do I do about that? Let's talk about five ways you can actually start to get out of your own way that are really simple. This is not taking massive leaps. And so we, when we look at this bigger theme of lead like a mother, what we're talking about all summer, this is not about constantly jumping way out of your comfort zone. You absolutely can do that, but I would much rather see you take small steps out of your comfort zone and like dip your toe in the uncomfortable water here and there, see how it feels, and then get some validation like, oh, hmm, that wasn't too bad. I'm ready to take another step. I'm ready to put my foot in a little deeper. That, I think, is how we see change over time and growth over time, and that allows us to get out of our own ways, I think, on a more upward trend and a more consistent trend. So let's look at how we can do that. The first way that we can do that, the first way you can get out of your own way is to take small steps. Sometimes we build things up in our minds to be so big and we get stuck in analysis paralysis, which we've already talked about this month. We get stuck in procrastination, which we've already talked about. We get stuck because we think we have to do this really big thing and it becomes very daunting. And then we start to put a lot of qualifiers on, well, I'm not ready to do the big thing and I'm not going to be ready till I have all these variables under control and I can manage all of these things and the conditions are completely perfect. And then we just do nothing. And we could use the example of like joining a gym. We will wait, and I know this because I owned a gym, we will wait for months, if not years, to get things like I don't have the right gym bag, I don't have the right workout clothes, I need to get new shoes, I need to wait till they have classes at the right time, I need to wait till my kids are a certain age so I can leave them alone in the house or I can leave them with my partner and it's not totally chaotic. Oh my gosh, we put so many things in our way, right? When the reality is, what if you just worked out in your pajamas on your bedroom floor for like seven minutes first thing in the morning and didn't make it this big ordeal. We often make things a really big ordeal and then we don't accomplish anything. So when I look at exercise in my life right now, it's literally like 10 to 15 minutes first thing in the morning in clothes that are disgusting. I recently told my husband, I was like, my workout clothes are like rotting. (laughs) I was like, something's wrong with them. I think it's time for new workout clothes. And he was like, yeah, they're not fresh. Like, it's true. So here's the thing. I've been wearing the same workout clothes for years. And we at some point had this washing machine malfunction where a load of laundry got stuck in the washing machine for like three days with the machine locked. It was a whole situation. And it was a load of laundry of my clothes and Vinny's clothes. And when they first came out, when we finally got the door open, someone came out and helped us fix it. We get the door open and I was like, oh, hmm, I think I can wash these clothes again and they'll be okay. I think maybe they aren't totally rotten. Well, it turns out they were okay for like a certain amount of time, but now they're really not okay. And so over time, like there's this funk that has grown in them, but it was all my workout clothes. So here's the thing. When I go to work out, like 
I put on these really disgusting clothes. Sometimes I don't wear shoes. Sometimes I'm not wearing a bra and it's very imperfect and I just get it done. That is my small step of getting out of my own way. I'm telling you, if I had to get in a car and drive to a gym every morning in order to get in a workout, I would work out like maybe once a week instead of six or seven days a week like I do right now because I just do small steps to keep it consistent and to keep it super simple. So what is a small step that you can take? What does a small step look like in comparison to these massive leaps that you might be thinking about? I know that I've actually had a couple of clients do this. They want to start hosting retreats. So one of them went through this a couple of years ago and it was like instead of booking a massive retreat and doing this whole thing all at once, it was breaking it down into steps and like Step one, this week I'm going to research retreat areas, centers, yoga centers where I could host retreats or outdoor parks where I could host retreats. And that's the only thing I'm going to do. And then the next step after that is going to be partnering for one of my clients for the one a couple of years ago. She was like, I'm going to partner with yoga centers near me and see if we can do some cross promotion of my event. I'm just going to reach out and send an email this week about that. So it was like one little thing at a time. And over the course of a few months, she was able to put together this really cool opportunity, which she actually did multiple times to run these wellness retreats and mindfulness retreats. And it was really literally like one step at a time. It wasn't like I'm going to sit down and book a whole retreat today. It was one step every couple of weeks. And that was really all it was. And this is exactly how I work with my one-on-one business and leadership clients. We meet every two weeks. And every two weeks, I give you two to three steps to take. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So these are people who are doing big things like launching podcasts or getting ready to write a book or starting an entire new leg of their business. And I'm not saying like, go write the book in the next two weeks. I'm like, 
get an outline for chapter one (laughs) or do research on this one content area. If you're going to get ready to do a podcast, we do like, I want you to write down 12 things you want to ultimately do a uh, talk about on your podcast, like 12 ideas for episodes. Don't record them. Don't make outlines about them. Don't even make notes about them. Just like 12 things you want to talk about. And I just recently did this with a one-on-one client who wanted to be talking about things in the mindfulness, self-love space, also around some diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff. And I was like, I just want you to come up with 12 topics. And they're, you know, those are big enough topics that you can come up with 12 different things you'd like to talk about over the course of your first 12 episodes. Just do that. Just make a bullet list. And so you can break this down into small steps. And that's how you start. I also often am like, we're not going to research anymore because we've talked last week, we talked about researching and how researching as a form of procrastination is also a form of perfectionism and really keeps us in our own way. So taking small steps is getting out of that research and um, thinking about what I'm going to do mode and actually doing things mode, which we'll talk more about in a minute. So what are those small steps that you can take? Is it sending an email? Is it doing, is it finding a location for something? Is it asking to do something? Is it like in your organization? organization at work saying, hey, I'd love to take on this thing the next time this opportunity comes up. For me, one of the things I did in the last year was I got involved in the parent association at Vinnie's school at a super small level. Like, I'm just going to help out with this one thing with the second grade. Well, that ended up leading to me. Now I'm going to co-chair the entire parent association next year while Vinnie's in third grade. That's like a huge leap, which feels very big and scary. And I would have never said yes to that a year ago. But I was able to say yes, because in this last year, I took the small step of just doing one thing and enjoying that and seeing like, oh, this actually isn't as daunting as I thought. I don't need to know a whole lot of things about this in order to do it. I can learn as I go. I'm pretty good at figuring some things out. And so that created a space for me to have confidence to then take a bigger step for next year. Also, I'm very nervous about doing it next year, but I feel qualified having done something small this year. Taking one small step has given me a bit of a glimpse into what it could look like next year, even if I don't totally know what I'm getting myself into. So those of you who are listening from Vinny's school, like, please help me and hold my hand next year. So one small step, that's the first thing to getting out of your own way. Next, plan imperfect action. Number two, plan imperfect action. Oh my goodness, we get so stuck in planning for things to be so perfect and waiting for the conditions to be ideal and to have all the variables under our control because that feels good and certain and predictable. And the reality is, is that when you wait to control everything and when you wait for everything to be perfect, you don't do anything. So how can you plan imperfect action? This whole summer series is me planning imperfect action. I could have wait and put this off and there's some things I could have done that would make it different or better or more strategic or whatever. But I was like, no, I'm going to put this together. I know this is going to be really good content. I'm going to flush the whole thing out in X amount. I gave myself literally a time frame. Like here's the block of time that you have to flush out this idea. And then whatever you come up with in that amount of time, that is what you are going to take and run with. This is how we keep things moving. And this is how we get out of our own way. Because the truth is, I could have spent the whole summer planning the summer series where every single week I was laboring over what to do next and what to talk about next week. And the thing is, it might have been 1% better or 2% better or 10% better. And also it would have taken my entire summer. It would have taken my entire summer. It would have taken energy. It would have taken time from my family. It would have taken joy from my summer of experiencing things with Vinny. And I'll be honest, my priority this summer is stand up paddleboarding with my kid. 
Like we just got stand up paddle boards. And if I can get this podcast stuff done in advance and have it planned out for the summer so that I have more time to go paddle boarding with Vinny, that's my priority. So looking at the cost of perfection and the cost of procrastination and the cost of staying in your own way is really significant over time. So how can you get out of your own way by planning to do things imperfectly, knowing that, hey, I could spend three more weeks on this and it would be 10% better or 2% better. And what would the cost of that be? It would be hanging over my head. It would take way more energy. I wouldn't have as much time for my family or for myself or whatever. That's the cost of perfection. And then we often still, after waiting for two more weeks, still then are like, actually, I'm going to wait two more weeks after that. So when you can plan for imperfect action, you get things done. And then you get to decide from there how you keep that momentum rolling, if that's what you want, or how you rest. So for me, like getting things done in advance of summer is also creating space for me to rest during the summer. I'm very conscientious about like every week or every month this summer, I'm taking a full week off and going, we're going camping twice. I'm going to the Oregon coast once. So if I'm doing those things, then I'm going to take imperfect action to get my junk done in advance so that I can do that. So Brooke Castillo is someone who she's a life coach and she talks about doing B minus work. And I love this concept. Like, how can you plan to do B minus work? This is me as someone who's done A plus work my whole life. I have embraced doing B minus work so much as an entrepreneur. And initially it was really scary because I thought I'd be judged. I thought I'd be judged if I had typos in my emails or if I said something that was like didn't totally make sense or if something seemed like a little sloppy or messy. And what I've learned is that first of all, if someone's going to judge me for those things, they're not my people. (laughs) And so like go somewhere else. And secondly, that getting stuck in doing A plus work is way too exhausting. And I will say as someone who has a perfectionist child and I watch him labor sometimes over A plus work, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I can watch myself through him at times and notice the level of intensity and energy that goes into something. And I wanna be like, dude, it's not that big of a deal. And so when I can remind myself that and model that and model like this is good enough and this is still gonna have great impact and this is still really good, then let's go. Let's do that. The thing about doing B minus work is it allows us to maintain momentum and maintain inertia. Something in motion stays in motion. When we are doing B minus work, we stay in motion because we can knock things out at 80% over and over and over again. When we're trying to do that 100% A plus work, it's fits and starts. We're so stuck in making it perfect that we completely stop everything to aim for perfection. And then to start again requires so much energy that over time we have these fits and starts that we don't actually have a trend of upward momentum or a trend of growth or a trend of improvement. We have a trend of stopping and starting and being completely exhausted and overwhelmed instead of being able to stay in motion and keep things going. Okay. So number three, the third way you are going to get out of your own way is to get curious. So I want you to think about when you are stuck and holding yourself back from doing something, specifically when you are stuck in a place of like, I'm not ready for that, I'm not capable, I don't have the right skills or the right certifications or I'm the right qualifications or I'm not worthy or other people are more deserving. I want you to get curious. Why do you think you can't do something? What's the story you're telling yourself? Because we tell ourselves these stories that are total lies all the time. So what is the story you're telling yourself when you're like, oh, I can't do that? Or, oh, I'm not ready. I mean, 
let's talk about me on a mountain when I go skiing. My teacher took us up on. So my teacher early on in the ski season this year talked about one of the students in the class was like, we're not doing any black runs this season, are we? And the teacher was like, no, I don't think we'll get to I don't think we'll get to any black runs. And I was like, yeah, thank God, because I did not sign up to do black runs and do not even try to take me on a black run. Well, then midseason, it was like, I think we had three or four lessons left. He all of a sudden was like, conditions are pretty good today. Maybe we should try a black. And I was like, oh, my God. I will die. The story that I was telling myself was that blue runs were already plenty hard for me. So because blue runs didn't yet feel easy, for sure was not qualified or capable of doing a black run. That's the story I was telling myself. I really believed that I needed to be able to completely master blue runs, like 100% comfortable with every blue run on the mountain before I could try a black run. That was the story. So we ended up doing this black run and I hated every minute of it. Like, wanted to crap my pants. I was screaming at the teacher. I told him I hated him multiple times. Lots of F-bombs like the whole way down. And then I got to the bottom and I was like, I'm so glad I did that. Oh my God, I'm so, I hated it so much and I'm so glad I did it. And so I was able to recognize that the story that I was telling myself was such a lie. The truth behind the story was that you don't have to totally master one thing before you're qualified to do the next thing. So what is the story that you're telling yourself that's holding you back? And then what is the truth behind the story? The truth behind the story is that you can figure things out. You've figured things out a lot of times and that you can shift and pivot as you go and that you can be super scrappy because all of these things are, when you become a mom, you become more adaptive and more able to shift and pivot and more able to be super resourceful and scrappy and resilient when things go sideways. That's just what the nature of motherhood. It's like the gift that motherhood gives you that you never wanted because you attained that resiliency and that scrappiness through like your kid vomiting on you while having a tantrum while the dog is pooping in the neighbor's yard and then you accidentally step in it. I mean, like you attained this level of scrappiness because every single day in motherhood, things go so sideways. So you have to remind yourself that that carries over. You have been so resourceful in so many ways as a mom, because you've had to be, that you are also resourceful when you're on a mountain, when you're in the boardroom, when you're in a community meeting, when you want to try a new hobby, when you want to try something scary, like all those things are within reach for you because you've done some really scrappy and resourceful things as a mom. That's what qualifies you that nobody tells you about. Like leverage that, leverage the crap out of that because that's what you've earned. Okay. I also want you to, when you're getting curious, ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? So my example on the mountain is not a good example for this particular getting curious question. Because for me, I'm like, well, the worst thing that could happen is I would die, which is what I always think when I'm on the mountain. I'm like, oh my God, like today's going to be the day. Today's going to be the day that I could die. And like, who's going to, how will my family get home today? Because they're going to be like mourning my death. (laughs) So I'm laughing. I know that's like probably very irreverent to laugh about that. But how can you get curious about what's the worst thing that could happen? So for me, let's go back to like the example of me getting involved in the parent association with my son's school. What's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen is that I don't quite know what I'm doing and I have to ask for help. The worst thing that could happen is that it's overwhelming from a perspective of how much time I need to give. And so I have to ask for help. And I have to say like, hey, I can't do this much. Who else can come in and join so that we can get more things done? What's the worst thing that could happen? And when we look at those worst things, oftentimes you're like, oh, hmm, well, if that worst thing happened, I could totally figure that out. 
I actually have an answer for that, or I have resources that I could lean on or people I could lean on if the worst thing were to happen, right? So get curious about why you think you can't do something. Get curious about the story that you're telling yourself and then the truth that is behind the story. And then get curious about what's the worst thing that could happen, okay? Number four, the fourth way to stop getting in your own way or the fourth way to get out of your own way is to choose what to bomb. So I talked about John Acuff's book, Finish, in the last episode. And he his book, Finish, is all about why we don't finish things. And it's a hilarious book. It has all these anecdotes around why we don't finish things. And he has many stories that are really funny. And then also some really great like lessons and research that supports like how many times people start things, when they stop them, why they quit, when they quit, all the things that hold us back from finishing. And then he talks through how to become more of a finisher. And one of the things he talks about is choosing what to bomb and deciding really clearly that you're going to bomb some things sometimes. So you are very conscientiously not going to do all the things all the time. So for example, this summer, I decided I'm going to bomb writing. I have been taking a writing class for the last year and I love it. Like love, love, love it. And I love my teacher. I love my classmates. And here's the thing, this summer, I know that I want a little more time on my plate. I know I'm going to be gone for a few weeks. So I'm choosing to bomb writing. I didn't sign up for the summer session of the writing class. And this was a big decision. And it weighed on me because I was first, I just had FOMO. Like, let's be, I had major FOMO. I love the people in my writing class. And they're brilliant. And they really inspire me to be a better writer. And they teach me how to be a better writer just in listening to how they write. And I had to decide, like, I'm going to bomb that right now. And John uses an example in his book, actually an opposite example. When he's writing books, he's written, I think, four or five books now. And when he's writing a book, he's like, I bomb being a friend. He's like, my friends know if I'm in heavy book writing mode, there will be like a three-month window where I do not reply to texts because I have to choose what to bomb. I have this great example. My cousin went back to school a few years ago and he had two small kids at home and we went over to their house for dinner. His wife was working full time. He's back in school full time. And then he has two little kids. And so we're over there for dinner and we're helping clean up. And I was like, oh, hey, where's your recycling bin? I'm going to recycle this, whatever. He's like, oh, we're not recycling right now. And I was like, excuse me, what? (laughs) Because if you live in Seattle, you're like, literally, it's like against the law to not recycle. (laughs) Like it's a very big deal to recycle in Seattle. He's like, yeah, like, there's just only so many things that we can do well now that I'm back in school and we're not recycling. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. (laughs) But I also, I was like, this is brilliant. Not because I want people to not recycle at all, but I was like, he's being so conscientious. Like I have really limited reserves and resources right now for this season of my life. What am I going to do around that? What am I going to do for like self-preservation and sanity? What am I choosing to bomb? I will tell you in COVID, we did not dust our house one time. So we had people who came and cleaned for us prior to COVID. We had this company and a team would come in every other week. And then we had them when they stopped coming for COVID. I was like, I'm not dusting. Like I do not dust. I will do some vacuuming because we have a lot of dog hair. I, my, Vinny and Vince were in charge of the toilets And that was like the only thing that got done. I was like, I'm not dusting. So the house was not dusted for an entire year. I understand that some of you are climbing out of your skin right now, but I was like, I'm going to bomb dusting. That is going to get bombed. So we recently hired new cleaners who are so lovely, this couple. And I was like, when they came the first time, I was like, please feel free to judge me. This is very gross. (laughs) But I didn't dust for a whole year. So like, just note that, (laughs) build in some extra time, bill me some extra, (laughs) but I did not dust. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? 
This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. So where can you get out of your own way and drop the ball on certain things so that you make space for the things you really want to focus on right now? What are you going to choose to bomb in order to focus on specific things that matter most right now? We are always in seasons of prioritizing some things over other things. So giving yourself permission to be like, hey, like my main focus right now is this one or two thing. And then letting everything else fall to the wayside as it needs to and being okay with that. That's part of doing B minus work, but it's also choosing what to bomb in a really conscientious way. All right. Number five, the fifth step to get out of your own way is to dream in strategy, not just theory. Dream in strategy, not just theory. So if you want to get out of your own way, stop dreaming in these visions that are five years down the road. Now, that doesn't mean stop dreaming. Like, of course, I want you to dream that like someday I'm going to have a beach house in Maui and like, yes, absolutely have those big dreams. But also, how can you dream in strategy? So my dream in strategy is like things like I'm going to get up at six before everyone else in the household. And these are the the three things I'm going to get done before everyone else gets up. Or I'm going to take this walk later today and these are the three things in the sun or I'm going to take walks every day this summer in the sun and these are the things I'm going to think about on those walks that help me either like be meditative or help me plan for certain things. So how are you dreaming in strategy? Another way I dream in strategy is for the entire year of 2021. Instead of saying, I want to have one week be a little bit lighter on my calendar every week, or I want to like be more conscientious of rest and just have kind of this like theory around like, I just want to be more conscientious of my time and my boundaries in 2021. I decided to block an entire week of every month, typically the third week of the month, I block the week and I don't do calls that week. So this is me dreaming and strategy, putting something into action for the year that sounds really dreamy and lovely 
and it's on my calendar. That's dreaming and strategy. This isn't just saying like this lofty, like, hey, I want to make more time for myself this year. It's having a strategy that I put into execution. So where can you be dreaming and strategy so that you're actually accomplishing something and moving from dreaming to doing? Moving from dreaming to doing is really significant. When we are in that dreaming phase, it can feel really lovely. And there is value in that for sure. But how can you put something into place immediately that also feels lovely? Like it feels real lovely every month when I'm going through a hectic week to be like, oh my gosh, but like the third week of this month is a super chill week. That feels real dreamy. (laughs) So where can you dream in strategy around? Maybe it's having a date night every week, or maybe it's having time to yourself every Saturday morning. I've worked with a few moms in my business and leadership coaching and one-on-one coaching where I'll say, they'll say like, I don't have any time to work on my business and it gets so, I get so overwhelmed and then it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm trying to do things and I'm not at my best. And I'll say, well, what if you and your partner had a deal that like every Saturday you work for three hours on your business? Like you go to a coffee shop, you work for three hours, or you like shut yourself in your room and your partner and kids leave the house. And that's just built in rather than saying like, I really want to focus on my business this year, or I want to build in more time dreaming in that strategy. And it's so amazing. The women who've done this, first of all, they're so excited. They're like, this is amazing. I'm so excited to have this chunk of time that I can rely on and that my partner, like everybody knows. So it's just really clear. And then secondly, when they start doing it, it feels like this luxurious experience. Like I have time and space and I can breathe and I can like think things through when it's not 10 o'clock at night. That's dreaming and strategy. Okay. So those are your five ways to get out of your own way. Take small steps, plan for imperfect action, get curious, choose what to bomb, courtesy of John Acuff, and then dream in strategy. I want to know how you do this. Let me know. Let me know how this goes. So you can go and tag me on Instagram at Shameless Mom Academy and let me know what your strategies are. Let me know what your biggest takeaway from this was. I love it when people are like, I love this episode. It was so impactful. Tell me one thing more. Be like, it was so impactful because I learned X, Y, Z or because I'm going to implement this or I'm going to do this tomorrow. I love getting that kind of feedback from you. All right. If this series is helping you, please share it out. If you think that the summer series Lead Like a Mother could help another mama lead like a mother every day in their life, please share it as well. You can tell anyone to come listen to this podcast on any podcast platform. The Shameless Mom Academy is everywhere, anywhere you listen to podcasts. So next month, July, we are moving into Retrain Your Brain, our second month in our summer series. So our theme for July for our summer series, Lead Like a Mother, the theme is Retraining Your Brain. And let me just give you a sneak peek of what we're going to be talking about in July. So week one, we're going to talk about how our thoughts lead to action or inaction. Week two, we're going to talk about acknowledging and assessing your negative thought patterns. Week three, we're going to talk about how to overcome negative thought patterns. And then week four, we're going to talk about the pitfalls of positive thinking. This is such good stuff. Oh my goodness. I hope you're super excited. I will be back here next week to kick off July with you to start retraining your brain. And until then, have a great week. I will see you on Wednesday for a fantastic interview and then next Monday to start retraining your brain. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of the summer series. I am so delighted to help you lead like a mother this summer.
Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.